I know we normally have a routine that we do. Uh, and normally there's a, a part here where we normally take a coffee break and I love it and y'all love it and it's a good thing. Um, but again, we have certain kind of tracks that we run on, but those are, are not why we gather, right? So we always endeavor to let the Lord lead us. And I just want to pick up and so say, if you're okay, actually, can you just stay there and keep playing in tongues as we say? Hallelujah. Amen. Just uh, as the Spirit leads you and, and just play. I just want to pick up on this and there's just a, uh, and Penny, you're right on track. And Selena, thank you for sharing what you shared at the beginning because, uh, again, just being transparent, honestly, you know, I woke up, well, actually yesterday thinking about this morning and God started talking to me. I got up this morning and as I always do, Lord, what do you want us to say and where do we want to go? And it's like I had three roads in front of me. <laughs> And I'm like, well, we could go on any one of these and it would be equally as awesome. (laughs) But I have no idea which one it is. And I went all the way through till this morning. And so now we know where to go. Right. So um, just trust the Lord that he'll guide you and lead you in whatever your decisions are. Uh, But I want to talk about this, the whole idea of speaking and blessing. Right. Um, Go in and just Holy Spirit, help us go in Romans real quick. Chapter 10. And this morning is going to be very participatory for you, for you all, for all of us, right? To have an opportunity to do just what we've been talking about even so far this whole morning, to, to use your mouth, right? And to open your mouth, amen, and to change your world, amen. I think many times we um, have a tendency in the church world to... Um, to be spectator-minded. I mean, even again, if, you, if, if y'all know me and those that know me well know that even we have these situations, you know, I'm up here and here's the rows and the chairs are all facing here. And if, if I've never, I hate this arrangement more than I know how to say. Uh, to, to be honest, I mean, if I could redo church, we would do church in a whole nother way, but I realize it would rub everybody's cat backwards and you wouldn't have a church. <laughs> Because we're used to stuff, right? We have, we have things that we're used to that we've become accustomed to, right? And the reason why, for example, that I'm not real excited about this kind of arrangement is, is because it, it trains us to watch, right? It, it trains us as church people Well, we come to church and we come here and we sit down and we're all facing the same way and somebody comes up and says something or sings something and somebody else comes up and says something or sings something. We all watch and we all nod and maybe every now and then we might say amen. Amen. Or you might go to a really weird church that lets you talk out loud, what? right? And, and interrupt what's going on, right? But at the end, we can come to a place where it's, it's a spectator thing. But guys, our faith is not a spectator sport. Our faith is not something we can watch. Our faith is not something we can come to an event and sit and just be and then go. Right. How many have ever heard, uh, you know, again, well-intended pastors or preachers say things like we're, you know, you don't want to leave here the same way you came. Anybody ever heard somebody say that before? Right today, we're just, well, you're going to be transformed. Praise God, Hallelujah, Amen, Glory to God. Well, you might be. <laughs> Come on, now, you might be if you participate. You might be if you engage. 
right? Because the only way we're actually transformed according to Scripture is when we engage. When we actually step into and participate with God. Just what Penny was saying. Many times even, and I loved your analogy there, Penny, that you gave, the Lord gave you. Because even many times we say, well, yeah, I'm the little boy and God's the big daddy behind me. And the bear runs because daddy showed up. And the bear doesn't run because daddy showed up. The bear runs because you stood up. And you opened your mouth. And you roared. And you declared. Again, now it's not devoid of God. Because I was talking to someone yesterday about this. God's intention from the very beginning, from creation itself... Was he never wanted to work or live or be apart from man or outside of man? God always wanted to and created everything from the beginning to demonstrate that he wanted to be and live and work with man. It was always a with. God did not create creation and humanity so he could have spectators in his game. So that people could stand back and watch God do stuff. God created everything so that he would have people who would work with him and express with him and live with him. And that's what he always wanted. He always wanted it with us. That's even why the Holy Spirit, when the name for the Holy Spirit in the Greek language is actually a word called the paraclete. And I joke, not parakeet. But paraclete, it's a different word. But it's the word that literally means someone who comes alongside and helps. So see, God in our life, God always has his hand on whatever's going on. And then he looks at us and goes. Right? So if I wanted to move this table, what would I do? I'd say, hey, you want to help me? Chris, you want to help me? Can you help me? Yeah, yeah. You want to help me? Be here all day. It's be a long sermon illustration, right? Right. But if you grab a hold with God, says that that that's actually in the New Testament the word for comfort, the word for exhortation, the word for counsel, is the verb form of paraclete. One who comes alongside and helps. Does that make... So see, when we engage with... Thanks, Chris. When we engage with God, it's always with Him. When God moves in our life, it is always with us. It's never apart from us. Many times, again, we say it in the church world like, Okay, God, come on. Do something. Deliver me. Even save me, help me. And we're like, like we're, we're, we're waiting. And then we go, oh, I guess God didn't want to do nothing. Man, I guess, I guess I'm not whatever. And then sometimes we self-condemn. Well, I guess I wasn't whatever enough. Or I didn't pray enough. I didn't read enough. I didn't do X, Y, Z enough. Or sometimes we then flip the script. Most people flip the script on God. Well, you, I guess you're just not a promise keeper. I guess you just don't want to help people. 
I guess you are just some big being that kind of goes eeny, meeny, miny, mo, whatever you want to do, right? But see, God, we read through scripture, God says, no, no, I'm, I'm working with you. Does this, does this help? And the number one way God works with us, the beginning way is with your mouth. Remember, we've said it for some time. We we talked about it. We'll do it again in communion. The way we were born into the kingdom of God is how we will live. And we've used, we got little Charlie here with us and I'll use him again as an analogy. You know, for nine months, Charlie was in an environment that was totally different than the one he's in now. Right? He was in an aquatic environment and had to be brought into an air-based environment. Right? And, and I don't know if they still do it now. I mean, when my kids were little, they, they sucked out the stuff. You know, they're born and they try to clear them. You know, you see the old classic movies, you know, and they pick the baby up and they smack him on the backside. And that's not because the baby did anything bad. It's because they're trying to get the baby to respond to his new environment. Right? But what they're trying to do is, is your very first action of life gets you used to how you will live the rest of your life. Does that make sense? So when we smack the baby, so to speak, on the, on the backside, or we clear its mouth and airways, and we're trying to get the baby to what? Why are we trying to get the baby to breathe? Because it will breathe the rest of its life. So you're trying to get it to take the first step in something it will do for its whole life. Well, that's what happens when we're born again. So here in Romans chapter 10, probably very famous verses for many of us. Probably heard this somewhere. And back up. I got to start in verse 5. It says, Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. That the man who does those things will live by them. But, verse 6 says, But the righteousness that is of faith, it talks or speaks this way. Do not say in your heart, who will go into heaven, that is to bring Jesus down from above, or who will descend down to hell or the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. So notice that the righteousness of faith doesn't talk about your actions. The righteousness of faith doesn't talk about, well, what did you do? Did you bring Christ down from above or did you raise him up from the dead? But this is what the righteousness of faith says. In verse 8 it says, but what it does say, or, or but, but what does it say? The word is near you. It is in your heart and it is in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. Verse 9, now how many, here's your verses you've heard. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, but with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So when you and I were born again, what was the first action we did? From a spiritual standpoint, what did we do? Well, we believe, but what was our first action? What did we do? We confessed. How many of you confess Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Amen. Do you understand that that's how you began your new life in God? And that's how your life now will continue in God. Amen. Amen. 
Y'all look at me kind of funny this morning, right? This is like Charlie. Charlie took his first breath and he breathed. You took your first breath in God when you said, you are my Lord. You are my Savior. I believe. And that action of your confession brought life into your body. It's brought life into your spirit. Does that make sense? How you began is how you will continue. And it gets all Christianized. And if I can say it like this, and this is what we mean when we say, bless the Lord. Remember, you know, the, I think it's so funny in a, in a good sense, ha ha funny, but it's, how many of you know there's t-shirts out there now and they say, what do they say? They say, blessed. Have I seen the t-shirts? Blessed. Or you can get the wall art, Blessed. And, and now, and I love it that it's out there, but at the same time, I think we don't all know what that means. Right? We look at it and go, oh, blessed. Oh, oh that's cool. Blessed. I got it on a pillow. Right? Blessed. I got it on my shirt. But no, blessed just means that's what you say. Come on now. What do we call it when we pray before the food? We're going to ask the blessing. Blessing. Isn't that interesting? That's what that means. That's an actual good use of that word. I'm going to declare a blessing over the food. That's what you're doing when you bless your food. That's why the Bible says, hey, when you bless your food, it'll literally do something to the food, Paul said in Thessalonians, and it'll bless it and it'll take sickness and disease away from your body. Did you understand that? (laughs) That's why you actually... I mean, yes, it's, we're grateful for the food and it's good to say, Lord, thank you. But you actually can speak life into your food by the scriptures. We bless our drink and our uh, food and our water. We bless it. And when we bless it, it'll go into us and it'll bring life and not death in Jesus name. Isn't that cool? Hallelujah. Do you understand that that's, that's how you were made? Do you understand it's part of how you're like God? How did God create everything? He spoke it. Do you understand? The only thing God touched with his hands was you. You're the only part of creation God actually touched. I mean, I'll preach a whole nother message right there. Right? You're the only thing in the entire universe he took the time to actually make and form. Because he wanted to take his time and he wanted you to be special. Right? Everything else, God did things like that's going to be. Right? Light be. And what happened? Light was. God spoke and planets formed. God spoke and animals were formed. God spoke and plants were spoiled. God spoke and waters and land divided. Right? Do you understand? And then when He made you, He gave you that ability. Isn't that cool? You understand that you're the only creation he makes that actually can form words like he formed words? That you can actually take thought, turn it into something audible, speak it out of your mouth, and now scientists tell us, and the creation around responds to what you say. 
They actually now have done so many studies of people who uh, they'll talk to themselves or they'll talk to their body or they'll talk to plants. I've heard people talk about they talk to water. Have y'all heard that experiment yet? There was one where there was these people did and, and they were doing this and they were just seeing. So they literally talked to a glass of water <laughs> and then looked at it under a micro- microscope. And when they looked at it, it was beautiful. They took the same glass of water and they cursed it and they swore at it and they spoke negative to it and they talked down to it and they degraded it and belittled it just with their mouth. Looked at the same glass of water and, and all, everything had changed. Wow. And it was ugly and deformed. What? Do you understand? How do we know? Okay, Brad, that sounds like some kooky, whacked out stuff. No, well, it says this in Hebrews. I, I, I know I read the article, but I would know from Scripture. Because Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3 says, We understand that by faith God formed or framed or hung creation upon His Word. So we know there's a twofold meaning in that, that number one, God literally all around us, God framed and creation is upheld by His words which is the word of God, but he also, it's a mechanics thing. Oh yeah, by the way, your, your world is hung by your words. We've all heard this analogy before and we probably know people, right? Do y'all know people who their mama or their daddy talked down to them? I mean, Tony, you know that a lot with where you work and the people who God gives you to bless and they come and they've been, they've been belittled, they've been degraded, they've been talked down to, they've been told they're nothing, and how do they respond? Come on, are y'all looking all right at me? I, I say this morning, guys, we had an opportunity every day to bless the Lord. Yeah. Hallelujah. You get, an every, you get an opportunity every day to bless your world. You get an opportunity every day to speak life. And literally what you speak will transform stuff. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? Yep. Everybody doing all right this morning? Amen. Yes, sir. All right. Go, go to Psalms, please. And Lord, do help me with this. Psalms chapter 34. You know, I like what, again, what the Lord showed you, Penny, because again, what you will talk to will change. What you speak to will trend. We talked about it, I can't remember, last week or the week before, remember? We talked about Jesus. And that day Jesus was walking down the road and he saw that fig tree. Right? And he went to the fig tree and he was expecting one thing and it, and it didn't happen. And, and then it says he cursed it. And he says, no man eat fruit from you from this day forevermore. And he spoke and he just went on about his business. And a couple of days later they come traveling by and the disciples are like, oh my gosh, Jesus, it's dead. Right? You curse the fig tree and it's dead. And Jesus said, well, why are y'all shocked? He said, just have the God kind of faith. Do you not understand that out of the abundance of your heart, what you believe comes out of your mouth? And based on the fact that you believe it, when you say it, it comes to pass. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Now that can either indict us or inspire us. It, it, if you're like me, it does both all at the same time. Anybody else just like me? <laughs> Anybody else like me? I, I say that and I'm like going, ah, that's wonderful. 
and Brad, you're a dummy, right? <laughs> right? Brad, you're a dummy. You got to <laughs> don't do that. That's it. You know, don't say that. I'm a dummy for not believing God. Oh, come on now. Can I just be honest? If I don't believe God, who is the dumbest person in the room? The person doesn't believe God, right? <laughs> That's what the Bible says. The Bible says the fool, <laughs> the dummy, says in their heart there is no God, right? That's what dummies do, right? Anyway, that's a whole other message too for a whole other day. But I want to encourage you in the power of blessing your world. You know, we just came through Thanksgiving, right? And it's a great time to talk about this. That, you know, part of Thanksgiving is, if we say saying the words thank you, but part of Thanksgiving is blessing stuff. We've, we've lost that in our culture. Uh, again, you read through the scriptures and it was there. And historically around the world in other cultures, it's still there. Right? And I'll, just, we'll get to Psalms 37 because it's going to land the plane for us. But you remember in, all throughout the Old Testament... Uh, the patriarchs would give their blessing. You remember that? Yeah. Remember it was, who was, uh, and they all got to help the, the, the pastor here. Who was Esau and Jacob's daddy? Who was that again? Jacob. Jacob. Was it Jacob? No. Isaac. 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 So Isaac, Esau and Jacob's daddy. Remember Isaac, Abraham's son, right? Isaac is going to die. Remember, and there was the Esau and the Jacob thing and they were tricked, right? Yeah. Right. And, and all that kind of stuff. And you remember what happened when it was, when it was, when it was tricked, uh, those who don't know the story, remember Esau was this hairy dude, right? He was, he was like goat hairy, like that's because that's how they deceived blind Isaac is they literally put goat skin on the smooth skin Jacob. That was one hairy dude. I don't know if y'all ever, I mean, that, 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 that if you put goat skins on him, he thinks it's you. That's a, that's a hairy fellow right there. But anyway, and so they do the thing and Jacob deceives and tricks and, and Isaac blesses. And speaks something over Jacob. And then Jacob leaves and it says, and right behind on his heels, like it's like one of those classic movie stuff, right? Jacob has no more left the room and shut the door. Then Esau is walking in and says, I'm here to receive the blessing. And now Isaac is like, well, who was that that just left? And then they go the whole thing about, oh, your brother deceived you yet again. The supplanter he was named and stuff. But remember Esau's response? Esau fall, he goes, Father, do you not have more blessing to give? Will you, but it was this, will you not speak? And it wasn't that anything was exchanged except words. Because yeah. all Isaac did over Jacob was declare with his mouth, this is who you will be. This is what you will become. This is how your life will unfold. And Esau comes in and says, do you not have words for me? Can you not... I say that as a, as a whole, again, a whole other teaching on that kind of stuff to look at. But listen to that. That was the expectation of humanity for many millennia. Oh, someone can speak over me <laughs> and declare. And what they say will come to pass. See, that was some of the stuff now, because y'all have, I mean, I come from a word of faith in, the, in a denominational sense background. And I know that gets a lot of bad rap. But for millennia of history, people had that expectation. Oh, the person over me said something. It'll happen. 
My father spoke over me and that will happen. This person spoke over me. That will happen. Do you see that? It's only until kind of recently now that we don't believe that anymore. That we think, oh, what, it doesn't matter. What you say doesn't matter. Have you ever heard that before? Oh, it doesn't matter what you say. Oh, it doesn't matter. I don't worry about it. No, it, it matters. <laughs> right? Because it's this connection to God. But you know what also matters? Is if we don't say. And really in our modern church world today, I see more not saying anything. How many of y'all, come on now, have y'all been to a modern church service? I'm not talking about us. Here, we're awesome. We're wonderful. I'm talking about, we go to other places. And it's quiet. I've been to quiet places. And nobody says, boo. Besides the dude standing up doing all the yammering like I'm doing right now. Right? He's the only one. Everybody else, they come and they stand. Am I the only one that's done this before? Oh, they stand like this. Have yeah. I seen that before? They just stand there. Even if they're standing, they're just there. Guys, listen to me. Most people, it's not because they're saying the wrong thing. It's because they're saying nothing. They only talk frivolity, so therefore their life is frivolous. <laughs> Does that make sense? When all I talk is, is, is surface level stuff, then my life stays surface level. But if I will deepen my speech, I will deepen my life. <laughs> and others, absolutely. You'll, you'll, well, you'll deepen your whole world. Does, does, that, make, does that make sense? And, and I say that because of a connection to God again. So let's read this. Back, I told you Psalms 34. Did I say 34? Okay, good. Because one of the other places I didn't know if it was going was 37, but it's 34. And here we're going to get a chance in just a minute say, to, to practice this. So I know we'll sing Mike's song at some point. But I also want you to be ready to just say something. Sing. All right? I want y'all to be ready to say something. All right? I want y'all to be ready to declare. Right? And you might go, well, Brad, I don't know who in the world you are. I ain't saying boo. Okay, well, um, please don't do that. <laughs> Not because it's me. But because you can change your life. I mean, you literally changed your eternal destination one day when you said, Jesus, I believe in you. And you changed your address eternally. Think about that. You said something from your heart with your mouth and it changed your eternal destiny. And that's how you started. Some of y'all are going to catch this about halfway home. I can tell. Right? You can change your life. One of the ways you change your life is by declaring what your life will become and what your life will be, right? Amen. And we'll we'll talk. So look at this. It says, verse one, I will bless. And every time you hear the word bless, I want you to think about that. That means you are talking. That's not the, the word on the pillow or the word on the shirt. When you hear the word bless, that means your mouth is moving and audibly you are being heard. Does everybody understand our new definition of blessed? Right? I will bless the Lord. How often? 
at all times. Hallelujah. How often, how often should we do this? All the time. Is there ever a time we shouldn't do it? Is there ever a time it's inappropriate? Is there never a time that it's out of place? Is there ever a time, because you have you heard this, you know, sometimes it's just a time to be quiet now, Brad. Well, not according to this verse. <laughs> he says, I will bless the Lord at all times. Does that mean in good times? Yes, sir. Does that mean in bad times? Yes, sir. Right. Does that mean when you feel like it? No, Does that mean when you don't feel like it? Absolutely. Remember, say, when's, when's the two times to praise the Lord? That's the only two times to praise God, when you feel like it and when you don't. Because if I can say this again, it's one of the biggest things that keeps people, I just don't feel like doing that right now, Brad. Well, that's part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's part of the problems. Well, I just don't, just don't feel it. It's not about feelings. It, it, it's about sayings. Amen. And I promise you, as you do this, genuinely, the way you feel will change. Can I say this? And I'm going to be saying it more and more. Um, it's time that we stop being governed by our soul and we are governed by our spirit. So many modern Christians today, they are ruled by their soul, which is their mind, their will, and their emotions. They are not ruled by their spirit. Right? And so they will connect to God when they feel it. And if they don't feel it, I won't connect. Aren't you glad that God has not moved whether I feel like it or not? He's just, like what you said. He is just there. Yes. Yeah. He is just present. David said that. He says, I can go to the toppest, high toppest? Is that good? Toppest of the highest mountain. I can go to the top of the highest mountain. And there you are. I can go to the lowest part of the ocean. And there you are. And then the brain bender of all brain benders. David says, I could go to hell itself. And there you are also. You have to understand that hell isn't the place that is absent of God. It's the place of the final rejection of God. It's not because God isn't in hell. God's everywhere. It's because people who are in hell have finally said eternally, I will not have you. I will not believe. I will not receive. I will not yield. That's what makes hell, hell. Does that, does, that's why rebellion and witchcraft are tied together. Yes. Yeah. Right? Anyway, that's, that's a whole other message for a whole other day too. But it says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in where? In the church. On the radio. Right? Through my favorite singer. I like whoever they are. Right? What does it say? His praise shall continually be? In, my mouth. in your mouth. Hallelujah. Continually, perpetually, permanently, forever in your mouth. Hallelujah. My soul, verse 2, my soul, again, your mind, your will, your emotions. This is not speaking of your spirit. My soul will make its boast in the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Right? Do you understand your spirit is perfect and complete and strong in Jesus? Your spirit man. But your soul 
right? You understand that, that praise, true praise, it comes from your spirit and then hijacks your soul. <laughs> you know, a lot of Christians, their soul doesn't boast in the Lord. Their spirit does, but their soul is being tossed to and fro by whatever's going on in life. And again, and if it feels good, and, if, and that's where you get some of this, and, and please hear me, I've been there. I love it when you get the goosebumps. I love it when it all, you can feel it, and there are times you can like tangibly, and I've been there literally, you can tangibly feel God. Yeah. And he's just there, and it just like, it, it gets into everything. And there's times that it's not. Anybody else had those times? Yeah. Right? How many of you are going to be honest? You say, you know, <clears throat> probably more of those times when it's not so tangible yeah. than it is when it is tangible. Right. And, and, and the challenge we have to look at is this is, is that, well, I'm glad I'm not moved by my feelings. Again, Paul said to the Corinthians, he says, the just don't live by their sight or their senses or their feelings. The just Live by faith. Something that is not dependent on sight, our feelings, our senses. Does that make sense? But my soul, I love this, shall make its boast in the Lord. Y'all remember this growing up? Uh, How many of you, you you got into the schoolyard and it was the, well, my daddy can beat up your daddy. Anybody did the, my daddy can beat up your daddy stuff? Or my mama's better than your mama? Right? Come on, I was not the only one that did that. Who else was that? Well, my daddy can do this. Well, my daddy can do it. Well, my daddy is better than your daddy, and my daddy is tougher than your daddy, and my daddy is stronger than your daddy. Right? And your bo- or my brother, my big brother, or my dog is better than your dog. Right? And that's boasting, right? You know, it's good to boast on the Lord. Amen. To sit there and say, well, my daddy, he made everything. Like, no, he did, for real. My daddy, he made everything. Your daddy did too, by the way, just in case you was wondering. Does this, my my soul will make its boast in the Lord. Here in just a minute, I'm going to give us an opportunity. I want you to boast on God. Selena already said to it, what has he already done for you? Where has he already brought you from? What has he already delivered you from? What have you seen him do in your life? What have you, and you've been like, man, I've, God, you did that. There is it. Let your soul make its boast in the Lord. Hallelujah. Does that, does that make sense? Hallelujah. I found this, that when my soul boasts in the Lord, everything about my soul goes up. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, But I love this. We're going to keep going. It says, the humble shall hear it and be glad. Now, the humble means the poor, the downcast, the downtrodden, the defeated, the broken Right? How many of you have some of those folks in your life? Do you know what sets the downtrodden and the broken in your world free? Your boast in the Lord. Amen. Amen. That's good. Now, come on. Do you understand that, that when we talk about we put praise in our mouth and we declare and we boast audibly out loud, 
And even though I love what, again, I so agree with what Penny said, and, and, and it breaks shackles off of us, and it drops curses off of us, and it liberates us, and it frees us, but it doesn't just free you alone. Amen. Actually, the freedom that the world needs, especially in the day in which we live in, is the boasting of the soul of the saints. Remember that night, it says Paul and Silas, you know, I, I love, I mean, this is all right this morning, everybody okay? So, so Paul and Silas, you know, Paul has this dream in the nighttime of a man from Macedonia and he's in the dream saying, come over here and help us. And then Paul gets up and goes, we're going to Macedonia, boys. And they load up and they move over to Macedonia. They land in a place called Thessalonica and they land there and Paul preaches one message. Everybody say one message. One message. <laughs> Preach one message, made everybody mad. They beat him and Silas with rods. Threw, not, not Thessalonica, with Philippi. They went to Philippi, threw him down in the Philippian jail after they'd been beaten and bound up their feet and their hands in stocks. I was joking. They said, I'm sure Silas looked over at Paul and said, you got to tell me that dream one more time. Right? I mean, <laughs> I got to hear that one more time because this is not looking very good. Right? But it says that at midnight, and I love what Brother Hagin used to say. I really think that was literally the midnight hour on the clock. But I also think it could be the midnight hour of the soul. At the darkest point and moment of your or my life. Right, when you feel beaten up by the world, when you feel shackled by the addiction, when you feel chained up by the decision, when you feel bound in any way. And it says that Paul and Silas at midnight, they prayed and they sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them. Come on now, y'all with me? And the prisoners heard them. Heard these two men singing praises unto God, boasting in the Lord. And I love the heart of the early church. And this was their boast. Lord, we're so thankful that we got counted privileged to be beaten for your name. Amen. <laughs> Who says that? That's just crazy town, right? They didn't say, Lord, we know that you're going to let us go. We didn't say, Lord, we thank you. You're going to set us free. They said, Lord, we're grateful we got to be persecuted for you. We're grateful that we got to be beaten for your name's sake. We're thankful that we came to a place where they punished us for your behalf. We're grateful that we get counted in that number. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being your children. Thank you for the privilege. Does that make sense? And it says that when that happened, an earthquake happened. Shook the foundations of the prison. Everyone's chains fell off. And every prisoner's door was opened. Amen. Hey guys, have you heard somebody say this? It's just time we see our nation be set free. Yeah. You ever heard somebody recently say that? Yeah. Oh, it's time for us to see liberty come and all this kind of thing. Well, you know how that happens, right? Yeah. When Christians let their soul boast in the Lord. Yeah. And the humble hear it. And what happens to the humble? They hear it and they are glad. You know how you lift depression off of people in your family? You boast in the Lord. You know how you lift a spirit of weightiness off your life or off your household or off your business or off you let your boast be heard in the Lord. 
Come on, are you, we've said this before. We, realized, we talked about it again. When you were born again, the first thing that got set free was your tongue because you said, Lord, I believe. Right? When you take the next step and you receive the baptism of the Spirit and He comes upon you, what's the first thing that He does? He gives you the ability to speak in a language you didn't learn by a book. He gives you a heavenly language. He gives you a spiritual... He frees your tongue to another level. Yeah. Have you ever also found it interesting that when the devil came and bound people that many times it was a deaf and dumb spirit? Seems to me like the spirit world is after your mouth. Because when God touches you, he loosens it. And when the devil tries to get a hold of you, he quiets it. Seems to me that the freedom that's needed for our time is in our mouth. Because when the humble hear of it, they are glad. Hallelujah. Come on now. Hallelujah. Well, I'm so glad. There's more here. We got to... I think I'm, I'm getting to the point where y'all are almost full. <laughs> almost. For real, come on. I promise you, this is, this is not uh, new age metaphysics. This is not name it and claim it and blab it and grab it. This is not confess it and possess it. Right? This is how God made the world work. This is how God created things. This is how your life actually operates. Can, can, I, can I say, can I pick on you just for a little bit? Oh, I know, I know. It's, you're the only one I got here that'll let me do that. Uh, but, I, and, and you can, uh, and, and if I'm off, you do what you do best and correct me and stuff like that. But for, but for years, when I first met Selena, uh, you were not really very bold, were you? And you didn't really think highly of yourself, did you? Huh? You had no voice, but you also didn't think you were that pretty. You didn't think you were that attractive. You didn't think you were that appealing, right? See, that's the way she was. And that's, that's how I, I met her, right? And then God, through his faithfulness over the years, he showed me a verse in Ephesians about the bride. He says about himself, and again, in Ephesians chapter 5, talking about marriage, it says that Christ presents us to himself as spotless and wrinkle free. That's how Jesus presents himself to us. Do you understand that? That's how what God, that God, every time God presents you to himself or presents you to the spirit realm, he presents you as spotless and wrinkle free. Holy, perfect, accepted, beloved, nothing wrong with you. Does that make sense? Well, God used a man, he told me this, he said, Brad, if you'll do that with your wife, you'll change her. If you'll present her to yourself with your mouth as the woman of your dreams, you'll watch her transform. And I've seen it, haven't we? So much so now, I joke, this is why I pick on you, this is the picking part, is now she goes, she's going to the gym again, that's part of her Christmas, she's got a gym membership and stuff. So she's going to the gym, she goes, I got they hit on me again at the gym. <laughs> that's what she goes. She goes, I went to the gym. There's this guy and he came up. I'm, only, I'm there and he just, he started pick, hitting on me and trying to pick me up. And I said, that is wonderful. <laughs> that is awesome. Why is that wonderful? And please hear me what I say. Not because, because I made that. I created that. 
Does that make sense? Because that's just how it works. I can speak over her. I can speak over my children and they will respond to my voice. They respond to what I say over them. They respond to what I say in them. It's the greatest thing I learned. Again, she's, it, was, um, it was one of my children, and I don't want to pick on her on this, right? but when she was little, she struggled with identity. It scared the bejesus out of me. It truly did. Because we've had all kinds of stuff like that run through my family. Talk about generational curses. There's some squirrels in my tree that I'm trying to shoot all of them as fast as I can. You know what I'm saying? Anybody else got those? Right? And so, and I looked at it and I was like, oh man, what Lord Jesus, what did he do? He says, remember, you share my ability to call out identity. That's right. So tell her who she is. Amen. And so for, for, for years, she had come up and I said, this is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you are. This is what you will be. This is who you will become. This is what you were made to be. And she responded to my voice. And now she's turned into probably one of the most pretty and feminine of all of the herd. I call my family the Holloman herd, by the way, if y'all wonder what I mean. <laughs> right? Does that... I say that just not in any way... Guys, that's how it works. That's just how God made it work. That you can declare, you can speak, you can make your boast, you can magnify, you can exalt, you can lift up, you can build and create and form and fashion and craft with your words, your world, and your world will respond. It will absolutely build around you and create around you. And the devil is trying to get you to talk different than that. That's why it says of Israel in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that's why it says he told them and got them to complain and to speak against God and to speak against his people and to speak against what he was doing. And when they complained and opened their mouth and complained, they opened the door to the devil and he destroyed them. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Do you see that? See, see the spirit world is vying for your mouth. It's vying for your tongue. James said it in his third chapter. He said the tongue is an interesting thing in that it is set in the body and it determines the course of nature itself. Wow. Okay, if y'all with me, go, go to James. Right, just because I just want to make sure this is founded in Bible because this gets a lot of heat in the church world. And I, now here's the thing, and I'm just here's your disclaimer. You know, we've got disclaimers on the TV now. You believe this and start doing it, people are going to talk bad about you. So just let me go. <laughs> They're going to start saying, you're crazy. You're one of them. Right? You're one of them, one of them folks. Amen. But I'd rather be one of them folks than anybody else. Amen. But it says here, James chapter 3. Man, you got to back up around verse 2. It says, For we stumble in many things. But if anyone does not stumble in his speech or in his words, then he is a perfect or a complete or a mature person. And he is also able to bridle his entire body. That's an interesting thought, isn't it? Indeed, we put bits into horses' mouths that they may obey us. And we turn the whole body of the horse. 
Look also at the ships, and although they are large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder wherever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member, but it boasts great things. See how great a forest a little spark kindles into a flame? And the tongue is a fire. Now here he goes, it's a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the entire body and sets on fire the course of nature itself. For every kind of beast and bird or reptile or creature of the sea is tamed even by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil. Now I'm going to stop right here. He's speaking of this. You understand what he's meaning is no man by himself. No man of his own human ability can tame the tongue. But guess what? You're not just a mere person. You are a spirit-dwelled, spirit-empowered person. So you can control your tongue. Have you, have you ever wondered that's why there's a whole fruit of the spirit called self-control? That's why it says, Paul said to Timothy, we have not been given a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. But that word sound mind literally means a self-governed, self-controlled, self-ruled mind. Hallelujah. So see, the very spirit of God that lives in you and I, it controls our tongue. Hallelujah. Now, aren't you excited? So that means even though James here, and for time we won't read through it, uh, well, let's keep going. It says, um, verse 9, with it, talking about the tongue, we bless God our Father, and with it we curse men <laughs> who are made in the image of God. Out of the same mouth proceed blessings and cursings. My brothers, these things ought not be. But that means you can control your tongue, and your tongue can be a source of blessing. Your tongue is the greatest source of blessing in your arsenal. Your tongue here, like James said, now the uncontrolled tongue will set your world afire to the bad. But your spirit-controlled tongue will set your nature apart and set your world afire with God. Hallelujah. Does that make sense? Have I given you enough to encourage? Back to Psalms 37. We'll finish with this. You ready, saying? Verse 3 says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. Will you do that with me this morning? If you'll stand on your feet, I love that. That word magnify literally is what it means. It means to make him bigger. Right? Have you ever put a magnifying glass on something? Right? You know, older I get, I have to do that a little bit more often than I'd like to admit. Right? You know, put that magnifying glass on there so I can do something, right? Because it makes it bigger. You know how you make God bigger? With the magnifying glass of your mouth. Amen. So if you'll stand on your feet this morning, we're going to just do this. Throughout this whole next time, I want to invite you to come and take communion. All right? Remember what Jesus did on the night he was betrayed. It says he took the elements. And he blessed them. Did you know Jesus spoke to this? Man, what he spoke, he blessed, even to the point where he blessed it with so much that it's what he put in the mouth of Judas, the one who would betray him. 
He put the blessing in the mouth of his betrayer. That gets me every time. This gets me every time. But he blessed this with his mouth. He said, Lord, I'm thankful that I get to do this. I'm thankful I get to be the bread. I'm thankful I get to be the cup. I'm thankful I get to be the one. That's what I want you to do. I want you to bless this for you. But I want you to bless you today too. I want you to bless God. I want you to magnify. I want your soul to make his boast in the Lord. So what we're going to do is here, Selena's going to play. She's going to sing a song that Mike Julian wrote, one of our church members who's gone on and graduated stinker to be with the Lord. And, uh, and this is a song about who you and I are. If you, if you wonder what to say, I want you to just say this song. If, you, if you're like, I, Brad, I don't, I, I've never, I, 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 I don't know. We're going to help you. We're going to feed you some words that are about you. But at some point, I want you to just come receive communion. Bless it with your own mouth. And we're going to take some time here, right? I don't know how long we're going to take. So this is what we're going to do, right? Somewhere in there, take communion. Spend some time blessing. If you need to leave, just slip on out. We love you. We'll see you here next week. We're just going to stay here for a spell. Is that all right this morning? Again, you're free to go at any time from there, but I encourage you to stay as long as you can. Right? Bless your Father and bless your world. Amen. So, Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you for the opportunity to magnify you together. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you. I will bless you at all times. Lord, your praise will continually, perpetually, permanently be in my mouth. Father, Lord, thank you. You are so amazing. You are so wonderful. Mm. Hallelujah. Father, thank you for your faithfulness and how you've taken us places. Man, God, thank you. Thank you for how you're changing me.